Hi, this is Adam Carolla. I want to thank you for supporting this podcast on the Corolla Digital Network. Everyone here at Corolla Digital is very proud of the shows that we put out every week and are excited about the future of our network. However, a patent troll is threatening that future by suing us. We need to fight back and beat the troll down. If we go down, all the other shows on the other networks you've grown to love are going to go down next. Visit fundanything.com forward slash patent troll to donate and find out other ways that you can help beat the patent trolls. Thank you and mahalo. This is Corolla Digital. This show is sponsored by NatureBox. Order great-tasting, healthy snacks right to your door. Forget the vending machine and get in shape for summer with healthy, delicious treats like everything bagel sticks. Support this podcast and get 50% off your first order. Go to naturebox.com slash allison. That's naturebox.com slash allison. Hey, you guys. It's me, Allison. I just want to say thank you so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, which, let's face it, you do, tell a friend. You can listen to us all sorts of places. A couple of them would be iTunes or AllisonRosen.com. Allison Rosen. Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison. Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I am sitting here with Theo Vaughn, Adam yes. Carolla show fan favorite, and someone that I've been aware of ever since way back in the day when you were on Road Rules. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Today's kind of a weird Road Rules reunion for me personally because Christina Pashitsky is coming in later today. That's what I heard. Yeah. She um we never knew each other through Road Rules, but I just know her now after. It's like I'm hosting some kind of reunion show. I'm like Julissa. Do you know who that is? Um, nope. She hosted, you know, the um, reunion shows that MTV has yeah. where they're like, they bring back the cast of Jersey Shore, let's say. So for a little while, there was this woman, Julissa, but she'd say it like, Julissa. She was extra sassy. Oh, like and her. And she would host Julisa. them. Yeah, because uh, I think she yeah. was from Miami. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then she also had her own reality show. But for a little while... I would see her at every audition I went to. Really? So you and Julissa. I guess we have a similar similar look. Let's see. Except that I really, I feel like if you wake her up in the middle of the night, she would just be like, oh, hey, what's up? I'm Julissa, yeah. I feel like she upped upped that, you know? I could understand that. I think a lot of people just put on these fake things. But speaking of reinventing, if I remember correctly, when you were on Road Rules, you were like a country guy. And now you're all hip. Yeah. Not that country and hip don't go together, but... Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'd call myself hip, but I think that I'm tr- doing the best that I can overall, <laughs> is kind of how I feel, to be honest with you. Um, but you I mean, know. you're from Louisiana. I'm from Louisiana. Louisiana? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. From Covington, Louisiana. Famous for the AIDS monkey release that we talked about last time that I was here, when those AIDS monkeys got out. Right. And your actual real name is a lot longer than just Vaughn. My actual real name is Theodore Von Kernatowski, which means the Jew Slayer. So really? I can't even use it out here in L.A. And that, but that's why you're not using it. Yeah. Is I this? Mean, that's a joke. Okay. It's funny. I'm just gullible. No, it's okay. Look, I'm gullible. So I even believed it for a second. <laughs> Are you really gullible? Yeah, I'm so gullible. I believe things that I say. <laughs> I'm gullible. I think because it feels like. 
it's just too much energy. Although I did expend the energy to be like, wait, really? It's just hard. It's it's just easier to just believe people. Yeah. But I'm, if they're comedians who have a really deadpan delivery, right? Then you just look like an idiot, like I just did. It could mean the juice layer. I have no clue. We have no real family history. So, but whatever, you know. So how'd you end up on road rules? How'd you end up? They had auditions at my college. They had auditions. I went to Louisiana State. I actually went to University of Arizona, which uh, we also have a um, a wildcat in here. Yeah, bear down. Um, yep. Say your slogan. Because uh, he went there. You went there. How long? Uh, better part of a decade. Wow. No, four years. Professional. <laughs> okay. Better part of a decade. <laughs> I was like, and for a second, I was like, how long is better part of a decade? Is it like 12 years? <laughs> um, yeah. So I went there for a little bit and they had auditions there and I auditioned there and I didn't make it. And then the following year, uh, I was going to Louisiana State and they, uh, they had auditions there. It was just ironic. They only had them at about six campuses a year at that time. And then I auditioned again and did make it. So mm-hmm. kind of got a practice trial the first time. What made you want to do it? No, I mean, I think it was just like winning the lottery for being 19 years old and getting to travel and, you know, be on MTV. It was like, uh, you know, it was just like everybody went. Everybody went to audition. You know, it was there was, you know, there was it was it was like a crazy thing at the time. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think it's as big of a thing. You know, there's so many shows now. Right. It was the it was it then. Do you remember your audition? The first and second? I do remember my audition. They asked about same sex marriages and uh and I was like, I think, what did I talk? Oh, I just, at the time, I wasn't really pro same-sex marriage, you know? I was just like, I don't, you know, yeah, right. You know, I'd like to see it, you know? <laughs> like, not on my watch, you mm-hmm. know? Like, it didn't even, we didn't have any of that in Louisiana at the time. You know, not that I knew about it. That's when you were, if you were gay, you were secret about it, you know? Which I think was fun, because it was like, oh, you know, who's gay? You know, like you didn't know, like now, you know, everybody that's gay. It's kind of like the seat, like the game's over, you know, <laughs> like when I was young, it was like, oh, I think Larry's gay. And but he's like, why is it? Like, Cause he showed me his dick at the library. And it's like, no, he's probably just crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just reads so much and then pulls his dick out, you know, like, but it's like <laughs> who knows? And now it's like, you know, it's just like, yeah, you know, somebody's gay. So this was back before this is back when it was still a game of guess who. Right. And um, yeah, so I was like, "No way! That doesn't even that doesn't even make sense." And then we had a second audition uh, that was about oh, they talked about interracial dating, and I wasn't, you know, that's back when you didn't you didn't see interracial dating then, really, in our town anyway. You know, that you still this was the eighteen whats? No, this was nineteen. This was nineteen ninety nine. You didn't, but, but in Louisiana, you're saying you yeah, didn't see it. You didn't. You really you didn't see it. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, can you name a famous black and white couple from 1999? I'm trying to think if I can name any famous couple from 19. Um, when were Seal and Heidi Klum? I think together? that was like 2006. Okay, maybe? give me time. I probably can. But I'm just saying, but if, I, we, if it wasn't sure. even at that level, it surely was. You know, if it wasn't like huge at a celeb level, it surely wasn't popular at like a small town. Level. It just wasn't popular in our town. You know, it just wasn't yeah. like a thing. Well, your town was small, yes. Yeah, it was small and it was just like, you know, most rural probably towns in America, you know. Conservative, um, I take it. Yeah, it was pretty conservative. I mean, as conservative as things are, you know, it's all, it's conservative on the outside and then in their hearts and loins, unconservative, you well, know. Do their loins match up with same-sex loins? I mean, 
or I, different skin tone loins? You were more likely to see different skin tone than you were same sex. If I had to, you know, really figure it out. Like I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if I knew a gay person growing up. I don't think. Well, you probably did. They just weren't out. Right. right? That's when it was. Yeah. You know, um, let's play. Right. You know. Well, so what was the name of your town? This town was called Covington, Louisiana. And it's a nice town. It's a great little town. It's just, you know, it was predominantly black and white. That was it. We didn't have, you know, we didn't have, we had one Asian kid in our, we had a group that started up when I was in middle school called Wham! Whites Against Mexicans. And they used to, we didn't even have any Mexicans. They just beat up this one Asian kid we had named Jason. And they would just beat him up all the time because he kind of, I don't even know if he, I guess he looked a little Mexican. He was kind of fat and his hair was really thick. Is this true or is this another joke? It's true. Okay. (laughs) I just made air quotes for anyone who wants to, who wants to know. No, so this but is if, true. Uh, okay, yeah, so you had like a Wham, young was... burgeoning, not that smart white pride group happening. Yeah, which I would say is ninety percent of America probably. Yeah, you're right. You don't get, really you don't honest, right, you don't get you a know. lot of rocket scientists white pride groups. Oh, wait, ninety percent of America are Period. like that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, sometimes I think that if you look at Twitter, it definitely seems that way. Well, it's, I think it's definitely true. Like I was talking. Um, I was talking to Howie Mandel the other day because he, you know, he executive produces our deal with it show, and we we're just—he was talking about whenever on AGT they would have a gay, I think it was a gay act they had that he put through all the bat, the the crazy tweets he'll get tweeted at him, like, mm-hmm. and he goes, "We don't realize that ninety percent of America is people that are still thinking." A lot this way, and we just live in cities where people aren't thinking that way anymore, right. you know, and where we're able to now, like, take it and use it as material and joke about it, um, you know, which I think eventually will infect the rest of America, but, it, you know, it takes a couple generations, I'm sure. But we're get, I think as a people, we're definitely getting there. But it, am I hearing correctly, or am I hearing you right that you grew up thinking that way like you you were sort of one of the <clears throat> those 90 percent. i mean i think i just grew up just like anybody else did i think i just grew up you know like just with no frame of reference mm-hmm. probably you know the only frame of reference i had in our town was black and white that was it you know and i had black friends i grew up in a black neighborhood um because if you were poor white you live with the black people you know in our neighborhood and most neighborhoods i know if you go into them it's not like the Races are mixed. I mean, everybody lives almost in their separate groups, I feel like, except for Los Angeles, I feel like it's pretty mixed, and obviously Mm -hmm. New York and different big cities. But I mean, I think you could drive through most of America outside of big cities and you would see, you know, it's usually different sides of the tracks. You know, you have different races and groups, I feel like, anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, what are your parents like? Or what's your family like? They were cool. My mom was really smart. Uh, My dad was old. My dad was 70 when I was born. He was an old man. Wow. So that was pretty crazy. But, um, yeah, I mean, we had a fun time. You know, it was just a, it was a, it was a, it was a great place to grow up. It was cool, except for them AIDS monkeys got out. That was even exciting. <laughs> you know, I mean, they had, uh, and you can Google it too, man. It's out there. It's out there. Uh, do you have siblings? Yep, I got two sisters and a brother. Um, they're good. They're good people. Are you your dad's first round of kids? Uh, second round. We're the second round. I ask because I have an older dad, too, and you I do? have half-brothers, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I have a half-brother. I think it's like 70, I think. And uh, I mean, my dad would be 104 today, so he'd be an older guy. But yeah, I, have a, I mean, yeah, I got some half-siblings. It's a little bit weird. We don't, we're not really on the same page, so we're kind of like, you know, don't really know him that good. 
Mm-hmm. Is that just because you guys grew, didn't grow up together, or yeah, I think so? We're just from different generations. You know, we just and they never really were like into us. I think they always thought we were like these like weird kids. You know, like because I, I guess a lot of were you first or second batch of kids? Second. Did your first I'm batch? The improved r- version. Okay, right. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> um, Does the first batch? Because I, I just wonder overall. I wonder, do you feel like the first batch is like? Who, excuse me. Who's more likely to like the other batch? I wonder. Um, that's interesting. I who's more likely to like the other batch? I mean, I feel like we're all. I feel like we're all cool with each other. Um, but I think there. You know, now that I've grown up, there are certain things that I look at, and if I were them, um, I would be pissed about certain things. Right. About the way that my sister and I got treated versus how they got treated. Right. Because um, my husband is first batch, so I have sort of a – Oh, that's interesting. Not my, not same batch as me. Right. But someone else's yeah. first batch. So yeah. I have sort of an insight into what certain things felt like. So, yeah, I think that there are – I definitely think that if I were them, maybe I would be pissed about certain things. Yeah, but I don't know. We know I haven't. We haven't actually had that conversation, nor would I really want to have that conversation. Yeah, it could get a little bit weird. That's an interesting show, though. Almost that'd be an interesting show. Bringing, I think, yeah, bringing some of these different batches together. Yeah, that could yeah. be really interesting because, yeah, I probably have a lot of like not. Ill, some Ill, some questions about the, maybe the way they treated my father and stuff like that, where we've never even discussed it, you know. So that might be that's kind of an interesting. Well, concept. see, that's I have a similar thing in that for years my brothers didn't get along with my dad, and I would hear both sides of it. And I mean, thankfully, it's like all of a sudden now everyone just gets along, and I'm the one in the middle going, "What the fuck was all of that? All those years, all that shit all I heard, those journals and, I wrote." Yeah, hunky-dory what the fuck <laughs> i have a lot of what the fuck built up but i so i but i know what you're saying though because there was a lot of that interfamily conflict for years so yeah. so you are unhappy with the way that they treated your dad yeah i think so i mean my dad they just you know they owned a ton of real estate and they're a huge real estate family you know an insane um and they just i mean he just lived in like a shithole like because my parents divorced when i was a little bit younger so then i think you know, he lived in like this this neighborhood where there were always people getting shot outside of his place, and there was like crackheads like knocking on the door at night and asking for money. Like it was just, and he was like an old man then, so he mm-hmm. was like eighty years old, and I'd go stay over there, and it was just like, and I'm just like, and but his family seemed to own all this real estate, and it was like they just didn't. But I think they just, I think that they probably just were angry. I mean, they were probably angry at him for starting another family. So I guess, you know, I think that that's. Yeah, it's interesting how the different kids would see things differently. Yeah. You know? How uh, – uh, what was it like having a dad that was so much older? I mean it was interesting and then it was weird. It was like – it was interesting in the sense that it – nothing – you almost get infected with this thing where it's like nothing is sacred kind of because it's like I'll see somebody else who's like – and they're like, oh – um, like if somebody's dying or so, it doesn't like you can joke about anything because nothing is off limits because like you just like I, I don't I, I can't really explain it I guess um, yeah I can't explain it. like well yeah. is it because there's like health sort of like the, there's like the specter of death looming there at all times yes there's always specter there's always you're just always. Yeah, there's always the death thing. You just knew that it was not going to end well. So, 
you could make any I mean, jokes really you wanted. Right, it doesn't for anyone, but you knew right so out of the closer. gate yeah. that it wasn't going to end well for anyone. Right. And it wasn't like so it just made you not value it you didn't build up a bunch of sentiment or that like you know, we got a fighting chance. Like there was Were you like afraid to get attached? I mean, I think I was just afraid of everything. Like you just get like really because you're see, like you learn to walk from a guy who's like like I remember after like my dad and I would walk to church and I would have to like um, like make sure he didn't fall or anything like, you know, like mm-hmm. and I was like four years old. So it was like, you know, I'm the one who was, you know, doing some things. So it just gave me like this weird context for everything. Um, but then I think that that's where a lot of like, you know, some of my sense of humor came from. So, you know, so there's, it's a blessing and a curse, but it was definitely interesting. Yeah. I mean, it gives you a different perspective than most of the kids your yeah, age. Yeah. It was just different. Yeah. I can't, I wish I could word it better. I've thought about it forever, but I, I just can't put it into words really. It was a little bit weird. So was there a big age difference between your dad and your mom? Yeah. My mother was 32 when I was born. So they were probably, I don't know what that is. 38 years, maybe 36 years. Damn. 60. Yeah. 30, 38 years. Something like that. My parents are 16 years apart. Yeah. So not as much, but still like, wow, dad, you were 35. My mom was 19. Yeah. When they met. Um, That's like if you hmm. see mil- me milling around a, like a, you know, Four-year-old? a kindergarten. Yeah. I'm not a pedophile. <laughs> I'm thinking about the future, you know? <laughs> well, so did that do weird things to your, per- to your ideas of like what's an appropriate age difference? Yeah, I think it did. I think it did. I think it definitely did. I mean, it like um, it just kind of ta- it kind of ruined a lot of things. Where you're like, this marriage doesn't make any sense. Like, why are we here? Like, who would have a kid? And my father didn't have any money, so it wasn't like there was like none of it made any sense. It was like, why are we here? Here, it, meaning on this earth, or here? Yeah, like, like, why in are this we town? here? Like, we're here. You know, this guy's gonna die. Like, these people don't even really get along that good. Like, this is the weirdest fucking place. And your parents divorced to show when up. You were yeah, young, right? I'm just like, why would you marry each other for ten years to have four kids? What? To at get what divorced? age did you start thinking about that? Because that's a pretty deep. Probably thought pretty for... young, I think. You know, probably pretty young. And so then, you know, just gave you like this kind of perspective where you were just kind of like. Fuck it. Fuck every Like, everything is fucking... But it's not the case. So as I get older, I realize I have to battle against some of those kind of thoughts, you know? Um, do you tend towards depression? Like, are those depressive thoughts? I mean, I think most comics do, probably. I mean, I think it's a mix, you know? Like, I'm really so... Like, you know, I'm pretty social, I guess. Like, I like, you know, being around friends and just having a good time and everything. So, I mean, I think I'm pretty well-adjusted, you know? Life's been okay. I mean, I think it was tough when I was younger, probably. But as I've gotten older, you know, and you see other comics and then, you know, at least, you know, I had all my needs were met, you know. And so there's a lot of, you know, kids that don't even have that. And so, you know, you as you get older, you just kind of you don't you can't think about your childhood anymore. I don't think, you know. Yeah. I wonder when is the appropriate time to stop thinking about your childhood? And is is there ever one? I mean, I know that a good question. there are certain people that well, like Adam, you know, still Adam, my dad still and my dad's 80 um, and he'll still talk about it, mm-hmm. like pine over certain things. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I'm not around him that much anymore. Right. But he had a you know significantly shitty childhood, and I just think there are certain childhoods that you just don't get over. Although, of course, me with like a head full of therapy, I want to be like, no, but you have to make a choice, <laughs> blah blah blah. And I don't know though. I just think maybe I don't. But but then here I you know. But then like I probably multiple times a day shit from my childhood pops into my head and I have new thoughts about it or get upset about something right. or, you know, so. 
Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's it's strange how long we can, how we, we can't escape some of that sometimes, you know. That's why I'm always the people I'm most envious of are people that just have a generally really fun disposition. Yes. Cuz I'm like what you're naturally and like you don't have to get up each day and be like, "Hey, be in a good mood." You know, like you don't have to start from there. You start like you get a head start, you know. I was actually just thinking about that. I was I was just thinking that, you know, every day I get to come in – well, this is I, this wasn't where the thought started. <laughs> but but I, I was like, every day I get to come in and be on the Adam Kroll show. And I was remembering that when I first got the job and how it was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I get to do that. And now it's just my reality and my reality, you know, and, and my somewhat shitty attitude follows. And so every day it's just like – like that's my general <laughs> vibe in the morning is just – you know. I and, feel uh, you. That's funny. As you sat down, I thought I th- was thinking about you, you know, because I'm looking at you, and I was like, "Oh, it must have been really awesome when she got this job." I was thinking it must have been really great when she got this job, and she's like, "Wow, I get to work on the Adam Carolla podcast," and then here she is now. She has her own podcast as well. I was like, "That's really cool." That's what I was thinking, you know. It, yeah, and I mean, it is, and and I, for the most part, and I mean, I recognize right. how the, lucky yeah, I am. Of course, however. Anything that is your day to day just becomes your day to day. Of course, but I but I agree with you that there are people who, even if their day to day was something that most people would say is shitty, I feel like they would find they would find a way to be happy. I think right. you just have a general disposition that's set to be a certain way. Yeah, it's like your idol. It's like you're an idol with a car. You know, it's like it's set. You know, some of them are set high and some of them are set a little bit low, but. Uh... And I think that that's kind of what your childhood does. It just kind of sets your idol a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. Sometimes I wish my idol were set a little bit higher. Yeah. Um, but then I think God kind of has made it up to me in some ways by giving me a lot of unique opportunities um, as I've gotten older. So that that's – so I don't feel any, like, anger at the world, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean I just kind of feel like everything's okay, I guess, you know. You know what else is okay? This is going to be an awkward transition. <laughs> going no, in... let's quit talking about this, though. I feel like well, we're no, talking about we're like... coming back. We're, we're we're coming right back to it. But first, let's talk about snacking. Yeah, is it one of your favorite activities? I mean, I've probably had four snacks today. Right. Well, you know what? You should check out NatureBox. NatureBox sends you healthy snacks right to your door. We get them sent to the studio. And uh, one time, there was a box that was addressed to me, and Adam snatched my box. Really? I was so excited about my NatureBox, and then I went to look for it. It was gone. Adam took it. Took it to the other warehouse, passed it around. A whole bunch of guys snacked on my box. <laughs> uh, but it, really, it's all really good. Like whenever a, a shipment of it comes in, we tear into all of it right away. Uh, barbecue kettle kernels, everything bagel sticks, South Pacific plantain chips, salted caramel pretzel mm. pop chip. Th- well, they're not pop chips. They're like little little pretzel balls. It's it's all – you just can't go wrong. It's all so good and it's all zero trans fats, zero high fructose corn syrup, nothing artificial. So you guys can try NatureBox right now and get 50% off your first box by going to naturebox.com forward slash Allison. That is naturebox.com forward slash Allison. Okay. Um, so are you religious? I mean I believe in Jesus Christ. You know, I don't know if he was exactly the son of God, but I think he was a good role model. Mm-hmm. So I believe in him as a role model. And like to you, what are the things that – what does that mean specifically? Like, I mean it just means you have to trust your instincts and you know if you're doing wrong or right, I think. You know, I mean I think that that's – you know, and I think you just – you know, you try and lead by – I think he just tried to lead by example. And so, you know, you try to follow those examples and I'd rather believe that I'm going to – I'd rather believe in heaven than not believe in heaven. You know, I just think of it as like 
I'd rather believe it makes so much more sense to me to believe than to not believe because mm-hmm. then at least you got a chance, you know, and it gives you like some guidelines. Otherwise, I just feel like the world would be a little bit, I don't know, mundane if you're just running and there's nothing, you know, so I'd yeah. rather say yes. Yeah. I guess what I was saying, what I was asking, I mean, that is what I was asking, but like to me, Jesus represents turn the other cheek. That's sort of the first thing I think of when I think of what are the messages of Jesus. Mm. So I guess I'm asking you, to you, like, what are the, you know, first three messages of Jesus that to you are sort of the big ones? Yeah, I mean, I would just think um, love your enemy probably is one that I always think. Um, uh, Love your parents and, and love yourself, I guess, if you can. You know, I think that those are, I don't know if they really coincide with like exact religious beliefs, but I feel like if you do those things, then, you know, you'll pretty much be okay, mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, you know, I know like a lot of the stories of the Bible and stuff like that, and I think a lot of them are good, you know, fables and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know if a lot of that stuff exactly happened, but I mean, I'd rather take a chance at heaven than not take a chance at heaven. So it's like, I'm in, you mm-hmm. know, I'm in and I'm okay with it. It's like. You know, people can say they're not in. The only other thing that I could think, I mean, it's so, fu- people are like, it's weird. You're going to go to a place you don't even know. It's like where it's in the sky, bro. It's in the sky. <laughs> and it's like, dude, we're in the fucking sky now. We're in the fucking sky, bro. On a ball of dirt. Nobody's even talking about it every day. You know, you and I are talking about snack chips. And <laughs> we're in the fucking sky on a ball of dirt. It's true. And we're not, that's not even like, it's not even like that. That, that should be on the front of every magazine. We are still in the sky on a ball of dirt. <laughs> you know, but it's like, so I mean, I figure, fuck it. If this could happen once, I figure it could happen again, man. You know. But uh, and, uh, and but also I think you know you're predisposed to that. You know I grew up in a town that that's where they had it was like Baptist and Presbyterian, and they had some snake charmers out on Lee Road where you get out there and there's people with the snakes and the holy rollers and just making sounds of you know sounds of God and stuff like, like that. Like speaking in tongues, yeah. is that what that is? Uh, and did you go to a, a Baptist church? Uh, I went to a mix of different ones: Presbyterian, Baptist. You know, my family wasn't super religious. My dad was religious, but um, that was it. My mom wasn't really religious. Mm-hmm. So so just to go back to the age difference thing for a minute, just because I'm fascinated by it. Because um, I used to always like guys that were significantly older. Really? I, I outgrew it, but I always wondered, was that because of growing up with parents who had that age difference? I don't know. Hmm. Um, but why do you... If you've thought about it, like, why do you think your mom fell for someone who is so much older? I don't, you know, I don't really know. I've thought about it once because she remarried another man who was probably 20 years older than her. Um, Sometimes it's a mix. Sometimes I think she had such a, like, a dark kind of upbringing where that she needs to, and I love my mother. I think she's, she was, uh, she did the best that she could for sure. Um I think sometimes I can't decide if I think she needs to be around something that's dying kind of to make her feel important or something or like caretaking like she has Mm -hmm. to or if she or if it's just like a father figure thing. I can't really tell. And she doesn't give like any clues like she keeps all of her cards like close. You're like, have you tried to? Yeah. I mean, she won't even she can't even exactly remember where they met, you know, so it's like she doesn't even go there. You know, interesting. And so, you know, you don't bug her, you know, at a certain point. And then at a certain point, you can't – you just have to let that go. Like, you, I feel like you have to let some things go and just – I hate uh, – that's a part of life I hate. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, it's tough. You're like, what? Are, you know, these pieces aren't all. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Right. Like these pieces are from a puzzle that makes a giant bridge and these are from a cat. <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't make them make a picture. <clears throat> yeah. So, I, you know, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. And I don't know how much of that I'm infected with. If like I need to have, you know, if I'm thinking about it, you know, I don't know how much that really affected me in my life, really. Seeing the age difference between parents. I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd really marry a much older woman, but I'd probably marry a, maybe a 26 year old. How old are you? I'm 34. So it's like a reasonable. Yeah, that's difference. fair. Do you tend to go for people that are younger, older, your age? I don't think it matters. I, I shy away from any older. I think it makes me a little bit nervous, probably. Because I don't know why. And sometimes old women just kind of feel a little bit weird to me, and I don't really, I don't want to be doing all that. Old women just feel weird to you. <laughs> yeah, like sometimes their skin feels weird in, in your mm-hmm. hands sometimes. Well, sometimes it turns to dust. <laughs> right. right? I mean, you know? Not that old. <laughs> That'd be pretty old. Well, is it – I'm going to put words in your mouth. Is it because an older woman is probably going to want to settle down a lot faster? Is it that kind of thing? No, or? I think I'd be ready to settle down if I found a good woman, you know. I mean, Los Angeles says they all – I mean, people notoriously say it's a hard place to date. And it mm-hmm. is. It's a weird place. But, uh, yeah, if I found a good woman, man, I'd settle down, you know. I'm probably ready for that. I'm just, it gets – it's dark out there, you know. <laughs> In the dating scene? Yeah, I think it is. And then it's – you know, like it's just – and you get out on the road as a comedian. You're just out there by yourself. You know, it's just like – you're just prone to just – you know, you, it's just set up for like not a, not the best scenario. You know, like right. so many comedians meet – you know, knock a chick up on the road or some, you know, tough thing happens. So it's like – at a certain point, you're like, fuck, you know, it's getting a little spooky out here. <laughs> so how, at what age did you realize you wanted to be a comedian? Mm, I went on this thing called Semester at Sea. It was like a floating school, like a campus afloat. And uh, they had an open mic night on the ship, and I got up and was talking about – they had uh, – we'd been at sea for like 11 days, and they had a old uh, – they had we had milk, and I was like, "Where are we getting this milk from? You know, what are we milking?" We had a bunch of senior passengers on board, and I was like, "Maybe we're milking some of these, you know, Miss Gloria." And uh, so that was like a fun joke, and then I just liked it from there, kind of. Had you thought of it before, or was it just on a whim? You I don't think so. I don't even watch a lot of stand up comedy. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, and also just a bunch of weird shit happened where people just think it's funny. You know, where people are like, "That's what the? F- what are you even talking about, bro?" And I'm like. What are you talking about, bro? You know, like, that's what happened, you know? So just telling stories. Yeah, just telling stories. Like, I was telling the story last night on stage. I never told it before. First time I ever went to a movie. Like, I went to a movie with this girl, and she actually looked like a dude a little bit. But, you know, I wasn't picking real pretty back then. And she really picked me, actually. I mean, she liked to watch the Atlanta Braves, too. But, uh, so she was definitely a little bit, you know more sturdy probably but um we went Gary, to the movie theater Gary's dying over that we went to the movie theater and uh we, we went to all this movie called pumpkin head it was like a scary movie yeah and some dude next to me i guess i didn't know really at the time got a hand job and came all over my arm Ew. While I was sitting there because there was no more seats in the movie theater that was it and it was like packed and i didn't know and then i was just like ah and some dude came on, my on arm. your arm yeah but i didn't I didn't, like, know, like, I don't know if I thought, like, the AC was leaking or something. Like, I don't know what I thought, you know. Like, I was, but in hindsight, I realized that this dude had, uh, you know, just pretty much ejaculated on my arm. Surprised you ever went back to a movie. Oh, I've seen thousands of movies since then, but uh, <laughs> I won't sit in that tight of proximity anymore, yeah. you know. But, um, 
Yeah, but that was just, and I just talked about that last night, and it was like, you know, sometimes you just don't realize that everything didn't happen to everybody, you mm-hmm. know? And I thought I was a homosexual because of that. Really? Yeah. I was like, man, does this mean I'm gay? Like, I thought I'd been, like, chosen. Turned. It was like freeze tag, you know? <laughs> but, like, really warm freeze tag. So then, considering that you thought you were gay because of that, how what did you do then? Nothing. I just probably worried that I was gay for a couple of weeks, you know? That was it. So where do you stand on same-sex marriage now? Oh, I'm fine. I mean, I, I mean, I think it's totally, you know, I mean, I think it's crazy to think that, like, any, I think the religious stance that gay people can't get into heaven is just, that doesn't make any sense at all. It just can't even, like, no rational God, I don't think, could would, could think that way. It's just, it wouldn't be fair, you know, it just wouldn't be fair. So, yeah, I mean, I think it, whatever makes people happy. You know, um, but I feel like a lot of it's definitely becoming more prevalent now in America where everybody's, you know, because it's more mainstream. I mean, it's it's mainstream. It's really mainstream. I think bisexuality is like it's almost like a fashion statement nowadays. You know, (laughs) it's like everybody like half the girls I meet seem to be headed towards girls, you know. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, I think it's great. I think it's whatever is going to make people happy. You know what else is a fashion statement? Tell me. I know what it is. Snack chips. Nope. Nope. Being smooth and hairless. I mean, maybe not totally hairless, but what I'm saying is let's not walk around with stubble that you don't want or unsightly facial fuzz or what have you. That's true. You need the No-No Pro. It's just a small device about the size of a cell phone just glided along your skin. The reason I love the No-No Pro is because it is absolutely painless. They said to me it's painless, and I said, but I can feel everything. (laughs) If you give, give someone a wedgie across the room i feel that wow yeah i feel i i'm just i'm very sensitive uh but i got over my fears and i tried it and literally did not even feel it and the no no pro is up to 35 percent stronger than before and it has a clear panel it used to have an opaque panel but now it has a clear panel so as you glide it along your skin you can watch the hair being removed Mm. as it's being removed it's like a little show depending on how you define show uh weeks of long-lasting results up to five treatment levels so you can customize your treatment. The more you use it, the less you need to use it. Quit spending your money on expensive laser hair removal or uh, waxing. Forget all that. Just get the No-No Pro. Uh, special exclusive offer for you guys, my listeners. Go to nonoprobestfriend.com or call 800-336-1665. Again, that's nonoprobestfriend.com or call 800-336-1665. Uh, here's what you get. You get the No-No Pro device. You get an exclusive facial kit. You get a very snazzy travel case. If you order online, you get a free gift card. And the entire purchase is backed by No-No's triple guarantee. If you're not 100% satisfied, they'll refund the purchase price, refund the shipping, and even pay for you to ship it back to them. You don't risk a penny to try no-no today. Call for details. Terms and conditions may apply. Okay. So back to you. Okay. So you did road Is that for rule. men too? Can you use that? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh nice. my God. I should have – I can't believe I forgot to say that. Yes. For men and women, uh, any hair color, any skin type. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's why they came out with the – or that's one of the reasons they came out with the no-no pro, which is stronger, is because they were noticing that more and more men were like stealing their girlfriends or wives no-no. So now oh. it's even more strong. Yeah. So dudes can use it too. Exactly. Thank you. Yes, Excellent yes. question. Uh, okay. So you did road rules. Right. Did, did you enjoy the experience? Yeah. Oh, it was like winning. I mean, for being a child, it was like winning the lottery. I mean, next thing you know, I was in a different country. I mean, our, we went across America and did all kinds of just – 
crazy things. I'd never really been anywhere. And then we went to South Africa and I didn't have any real concept of going to another country. I, I guess in my mind, other countries didn't even really exist. Like until, and then you get there and you put your feet on somewhere and you're like, wow, there's all these other like people that live in like a whole other place. So it was pretty crazy. Did you have to do crazy like bungee jumping? Yeah, we did activity? it all. Was we that fun? It yeah, it was great. I mean, it was, well, I broke the sound barrier once in like a F something like, I mean, I got to fly a fighter plane. Um, I got to, uh, the things that I've done, honestly, sometimes uh, they're, it's just crazy. Some of the just ridiculous shit. Like one time they were throwing animal carcasses into this industrial wood chipper, right? And it was shooting like bones and animal fragments, like about 70 yards. And you had to wear like these helmets on your head. Remember that show Double Dare where they had to wear the helmet on your head? Yes. Yes. Mark Summers. Yeah. Of course. And so you had to like fill your bucket up as much as you could, right? That was like one of the games. With animal parts? I mean, with whatever was flying out of that thing, you know, because you were trying to win whatever the, or stay afloat in the competition. And I saw this one girl catch a fucking spare rib across the cheek that I still. I mean, still, I could still feel it hit her sometimes. Was she okay? I don't know, man. She's probably some tramp. Uh, but uh, I'm looking up Theo Vaughn Road Rules because I'm trying to remember what season you were. It was a good time, man. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, we, what are some other things we did? We walked from different hot air balloons on a plank one time to each other, which was pretty cool. We went deep, like, like free diving into the ocean one time was pretty cool. I'm trying to think. I don't even – I mean just – All right. I'm looking at – wait. A bunch this of cat is, shit. Who were the other contestants on your year? We had a guy named James. We had a guy named Letarian. We had a guy oh, named – Oh, Letarian. I remember – because he went on to do many of the other shows, I think. Yeah, no. Like Gauntlet. He, he only no? did like one. I think he might have done – he might have done two. And then we had um, a girl named Holly, a girl named Masada, who's a casting director out here right now who's doing uh, really well in that, and another girl named Catherine. But, um, yeah, there hasn't been too much communication afterwards. James and I are still good buddies. He's getting married next uh, next month. Was there any hooking up? I don't think there really was. It was pretty chill. Gary, can you find a picture of the cast of season nine? Because it's going to drive me insane. Um, okay, so you did Road Rules, and then, then what happened after that? Then I moved out to Los Angeles. Like right away? I can't remember. No, because I went back to school. No, I did road rules, and I went back to school, and then I went on semester at sea, and that's when I moved out to Los oh. Angeles. So at that point, I'd finished like three years of college, and then I just said I'm going to take a break and move out to L.A. And did you ever finish college? Yep. I finally finished like four years ago, I think. So it was pretty cool. So you came out, and then you started doing comedy? Yep. I started doing comedy, and um, and then I ended up doing uh, Last Comic Standing, and then I ended up doing a show called Reality Bites Back, which was a I remember that show. crossover show, which was great, great Michael cast. Ian Black Michael Ian Black hosted. Amy Schumer was Amy on. Amy Schumer, Donnell Rawlings, Burt Kreischer. Oh, I um, forgot Burt was on that. A lot of really, really funny people in there, and it was a blast. And it was perfect for me because it, it was comedians being reality cast members mm-hmm. on fake reality shows. Didn't so, you guys had to gain weight on that show? Yeah, one night we had to gain as much weight as you could in 24 hours. And the key <laughs> is drinking pickle juice. That's how you do it. Oh, because it makes you, you retain, retain fluid. The old, you can gain like 11 pounds overnight drinking as much pickle juice as you can. I actually went, I, I think I've told this story on my on my podcast. Um, it's not flattering. I ate miso soup mix plain. Just the dust? Yeah. 
Ugh, so they was, make a mix out of it. That's a mix. Yeah, yeah. You can, it was when Jesus I was living in New Christ. York. You, you can get like a little packet of it. That's a mix. Yeah, it and already the, looks like it's powder. It looks with water like that it. should be mixed with something to make it better. <laughs> I know. Yeah, they just put hot water in it. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there's some other <sighs> other way, but yeah. So it had. Yeah. So anyway, I ate Jeez. that. It was, and I like I. Anyway, the next day I woke up and I just remember. My whole face was swollen. I was retaining so much fluid because wow. I, I, I mean, the amount of sodium in all of that. So that's the same as the pickle juice, basically. Yeah. Wow. Huh. How how far did you make it on reality bites? I won it actually. I you ended did? up winning it, which was interesting because like I'd come off these game shows where I was doing pretty well on them, and so I was also the most competitive. Like everybody else was just like, "Oh, it's a fun chance to be funny," and I was like, "Fuck you! I'm gonna win!" Like dude, you know, <laughs> you could win money at the end. So, uh-huh. so I won. How much did you win? Um, I think I won fifty grand. Wow! <clears throat> but me and Schumer split some of it up. We made a deal in advance. Oh, you did? But she and I were the last two in the game too. What was your deal that you made? I actually don't even remember if we did make a deal. But you just gave her some of the money. That's nice. I don't remember what happened. Yeah, she's like she was the best. She was. We became pretty good friends. Are you guys still friends? Yep, we're still friends. Um. <clears throat> okay, so then what'd you do? Then what happened? Then what happened? Then I started just was on tour, just touring out around the country for a long time, and then I did a half hour special a couple years ago, and then I um, got my job working with Yahoo doing their daily show, and then I got this job working with Howie Mandel, um, doing Deal with It, and. That's pretty much where we've been as far as like work goes out here. And the Yahoo Daily Show, prime time, prime time in no time. I and mean, we just—I actually just finished it. It's kind of changed the platform, so I'm not going to be working there. Oh, but um, it's been a blast. So two and a half years, you know. And that I know that that I have a friend who used to work at Yahoo. I know that that got insane views. Yeah, right? we almost hit a billion views for the lifetime of the show. Wow, we almost hit a billion plays for the lifetime of the show so yeah it was great i worked frank nicotero was the host before me and um and then the show ended primetime in no time um just you know last week so it's been would you go do it how how what was the schedule like when you would do it it was five days a week it was like sunday through thursday maybe five to ten and you'd watch the different reality shows and then you would find the buzziest moments and recap them. Mm-hmm. So it was great. It was, it was awesome. Are you sad it's over? Um, it's a mixed thing, you know, because it was like a job you would never really end up getting kind of just like an odd, you know. How did you get it? I was walking down the street and saw an old friend who actually worked on Road Rules, mm-hmm. uh, a producer. Now he works with Red Bull. This guy, George Woolley. And uh, super awesome, super dude. Took me to my first hip hop club in San Fran ever. Um and he's like, "Hey man, you should come in." And then auditioned, and that was, that was it. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, it was a good time. So you're doing, you were doing that and deal with it at the same time. Yeah, and touring. Yeah, I'll go out on Friday and Saturday nights. Not every weekend, but maybe. You know, I probably did 20 weekends a year over the past mm-hmm. years, but now I can get back out. I mean, my comedy's definitely kind of suffered, like in the sense that I haven't had as much time to get up on stage. So. And deal with it. You're still doing that? Deal with it. We just got our season three, so uh, that's very exciting. And we start back t- taping sometime in the next couple months. I don't know yet. All right. I have a deal with it question Yeah. from an episode I saw that took place in a restaurant. Okay. Would the waitress have – the waitress had to have known what was going on, The right? waitress knows what's going on usually. Uh, at least one waitress does because one waitress is on our team. I'm realizing – for listeners who aren't familiar with the format of the show, we should explain that. Yeah, it's like – so say if you and Adam um, go to a restaurant, right, and then you're just going to have lunch. And then the waitress will come up to you and say uh, – will come up to Adam and say, Adam, uh, your car isn't starting in valet. And he's like, what do you mean it's not starting? It's a 
V17, Mach 9447. <laughs> That's him. Roadster, Monte Carlo. And, um, and, you, and the guy's like, we don't know the storting. That was my Mexican accent, too. Really good. And Watch out. Wham so, will be after so, you. Well, I'm part of it. I, 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 don't, I'm, I, I don't get any of the mailers anymore. But the thing is, is that – so then Adam will get up and go outside, right? He'll think his car's – but as soon as he turns the corner, we approach Adam. We're like, your car's fine. There's no issue. We're going to put an earpiece in your ear, send you back to your table. And me and a celebrity guest are going to start telling you things to do. The more you do without Allison realizing that you're on a game show, the more money you're going to make. And so that's the game. I didn't realize you catch – like that's the first they know that this is happening a yes. second before it happens. Wow. How often do you get turned down or do you ever? Sometimes, yeah. Some people are like, how much can you win? It's like 5000 like, eh. <laughs> no. What kind of accent is that? I don't know. Rich. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then the people will have to do things like – Act crazy, or... yeah, like act crazy. Like they have to be, you know. Uh, we'll send in. I guess one of the best ones we had this season that, or one that I thought was really hard hitting, was we had a guy and his daughter, and we had the earpiece and the gentleman, and we're telling them things to do. And then we said, "You have to tell your daughter that you're going to be leaving the mother." And oh, wow. so, and the guy can give up whenever he wants. He can be like, "No, I can't deal with it." Yeah. But instead, he's like, "Okay, I'm in. I'm going to do it." You know, we're like, "Touch your chin if you're going to do it." So we see him touch his chin. We're like, "Okay, wow, this guy's going to do it." So he tells his daughter that, and he he gets her to believe it. And so the daughter thinks that the dad's separating from the mom. Then we're like, "All right, this is a surprise. We're going to send in. We're going to send in a special guest. You have to tell your daughter this is who you're leaving the mother for." Then we send in a guy, a little guy. And then he has to tell the daughter he's leaving the mother for this man. And the daughter, you know, just, I mean, lost her shit. But it was awesome, you know. And the guy won some money and it was fun. Do so you anyway, feel bad for people? It gets people? heated. No, we always, I mean, these guys have pranked so many people. Um, these Howie, guys. Howie oh. and the other execs, they've made a lot of other shows like uh, Scare Tactics. And uh-huh. are, a lot of them are associated with pranking for 20 years. So they know where to, where to walk the line. But the funny thing was one time we got an earpiece and a pimp. Uh, or in a hooker, and she's sitting at the table, and then we realize the relationship is pimp and hooker. And oh, we're you just like, thought they were a couple? Yeah, because we're sitting there and we're like, all right, now tell the guy, like, all right, we, we're going to want you to, uh, you know, um, everything the guy says, repeat it, right? And so the guy's like, I need to get your pussy out there and make us some money, you know? <laughs> and we're like, okay, holy shit, this is uh, this is not our game. <laughs> like, this lady's already dealing with it for, you know, probably not as much money. Right, but shit right. Is already going on. Um, so that was kind of crazy. We just had to call that one off. Mm-hmm. Does anyone ever figure it out? Yeah, people figure out sometimes, you know, and then you have to, and, that's, that, and then the game ends there. Yeah. So. Um, it's good. It's a great show, though. It's fun. You can watch with your family. And, um, you know, we have a lot of great celebrity guests. Uh, and it's been a blast. Um, so now changing tone fast. I'm just curious. Um, about Wham? No, no, actually about your dad. So how, how old were you when he died? I was 16. So he was 86. So yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was interesting. It was, he just had, he got cancer and that's, you know, when cancer was just starting to get pretty popular, I think. And it just, you know, he was gone in like six weeks, man. I mean, it was pretty fast. What kind did he have? I don't know, liver, I guess, or rect, no, what is another part that's down there? Colon? Oh, uh, colon cancer. Um, it prostate. Could have been prostate. Could have been prostate cancer. We'll go with prostate. Could have been rectal, but I don't think, because then I'd always be like, rectal damn near killed him, you know? <laughs> I'd always be making that joke, and I'm not making yeah. that joke. So that so means I don't think it, it wasn't, happened. yeah. 
But uh, yeah, so that was it, man. They came and got him. So you said that you were kind of not prepared for it, but it just was sort of always looming your whole childhood. Did that, do you feel like that prepared you at all? Because what I've heard is as much as you try to prepare, you just can't prepare for something like that. For something like what? The death of a parent. Um, I mean, unless it, you're an adult at the time. Here's the thing. It just made you not believe anything in the world because it was like your dad, your dad usually supposed to tell you like, oh, you know, I'm going to be, you know, we got, you know, like, but you never believed it. You were like, what are you, you're like, am I the only person that really like this is never going to, this does not end well, you know? 12 years from now, this does seven years. This is not end well. Like it just, we just are daily getting closer to this not ending well. So it was like, so, I mean, I, I don't know if you were, if I was prepared for it, I guess somewhere in my mind at that time, I still thought maybe somehow I'd magically go back to a time when he was young somehow, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, when you're young and you believe in like mythical ideas and this was before the internet when you could still believe in things and your imagination still worked. <laughs> and um, I just believed that, you know, one day I would wake up and my dad would be 35 and we would be – we would live like a normal life, you know. So I think there was always like that imagination I mean, that that would happen. Um, but then, you know, but then it didn't happen. So I guess that's what just was like the toughest thing. Just um, – I guess, yeah, it was just shitty, you know. Yeah. I mean it was just pretty shitty. Um. Are your siblings in your batch, younger or older? My brother's two years older than me. My sisters are two and four years younger. So, so your sister lost your dad at yeah. My little 12. sister had it the toughest, I think, because she just really didn't have any, uh, you know, she didn't have any frame of reference. You know, she didn't, you know. So, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to sound like a dog. I feel like it's just, it's just talking about the doldrums here. No, you're talking about. Um, here, let me let me give you a way to look at it differently. Okay. I'm talking about the tough shit that people go through. Right. Yeah, she had it pretty tough. She's had a pretty tough life. So sometimes when I feel bad for myself, I feel – I don't feel worse for her, but I just feel – I don't know. I just feel like at least I got a good sense of humor out of it. You yeah. know, at least I somehow made it into jokes. Because the first jokes I ever really told on stage were about my dad. Really? Except for the semester at C thing, I, you know, we're talking about. But then whenever I got to start sitting and writing my material, I started talking about just, you know, just fucking ridiculous shit, you know. Because my dad would like – he would be like, oh, you're tall enough to drive. You can drive, right? And so then next, the next morning, I'm driving. I'm 11 years old. I'm five foot two, <laughs> And I'm driving. We drove like 70 miles on the interstate, and I'm driving. And I remember one time I dropped him off somewhere, and he's like, go around the block and just come pick me up. i got to run in the post office. And he had this piece of shit, Delta 88. And I went around the block, and I must have hit six cars going around <laughs> the fucking block. I had no fucking clue how to drive. You're it wasn't even power steering. Yeah, it was. Maybe at that time I was twelve. I hit. I was fucking hit everything on the. I hit every fucking thing you could hit. And then I. And, but his car was such a piece of shit. You couldn't even tell. It was just a fucking. It was like three different colors. It was a piece of shit. So you get back around, and he's just ready to go. You know, and he gets in, and you don't even tell him. You don't even tell him because it doesn't fucking matter. The car's a piece of shit. He, you know, the fucking whole scenario is a piece of shit that there you're even driving a man around a fucking block that he didn't even have the, you know, he, then there's also the dark, the weirdest side where it's like what dad would let his kid drive around the block like that's great. But that wasn't even 
it was just all like, fuck it, you know? Uh-huh. So you had so many weird things like that where one time my dad turned and the back door wasn't open. My sister fucking fell out. The door closes, right? Oh. It like, you know, went boom, she falls, closed up. And we didn't fucking say anything for like three blocks. We were like going to see how long could dad not know. Because he didn't, he never fucking, he never knew. Like, we go get one time, uh, we'd, when, when he was driving, he couldn't move his neck. So he would have us tell him what was going on around him, right? <laughs> so I'd be six years old standing on his car seat. I don't, and sometimes I didn't even remember what was red and what was green mm-hmm. and just telling him and just constant everything honking. And one time a huge black bird flew in the window. And this goes back to an example of the Southern racism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where you would hear your dad and older men use the N word. You would hear it. It wasn't, and you still hear it if you go in the South. And anybody who says you don't is fucking full of shit. You know, and a blackbird flew in the window, and he bro- it was a huge crow, and he broke out a side window with his beak, and he broke out the other side back window with his beak, and then he broke out the back window with his beak. Wow. And this was back before the safety glass and the window just shattered. Uh-huh. So I was trying to tell my dad that it was a black bird, and he thought it was a black man. In the car? Yeah, I guess. I mean, he, did, he, there was, he didn't even have one of those rearview things on his thing, and he couldn't fucking turn his neck. Right. So he just starts yelling the N-word at this fucking bird, right? And it's just this bird breaking off these windows. <laughs> and I'm just I, – I, I, I must have also started laughing. I must have gotten the joke in it, you know? Right. I'm like, this is just – what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I was like, no, it's a black bird. It's a black bird. It's not a black man, you know? So, I mean, there was just weird stuff like that. Where you're like, what is this, you know? Why couldn't he move his neck? I don't because he was 84 years old and your neck just doesn't work that good. Yeah, so like now they have frail. physical therapy. They didn't have that then. You know, they just had like – back then if you were fucked up, you were fucked up, you mm-hmm. know? Like I had a friend who used to have this thing where like he would say something and then he would say something. And he would repeat everything he said, everything he said. after he said it. He would say it under his breath, and now you don't have that dude anymore. But that dude was awesome, man. I had another <laughs> dude who had this. He had this neck thing where every about 13 seconds he would have to just spin his, his neck. neck all the way around his body. And then like every five minutes he would get dizzy and have to sit down, right? <laughs> uh, and he was my best friend growing up. you know. And I knew that every five minutes we had to sit down somewhere so he could just kind of gear up and get ready again. And, and then we would go at it you know, and have fun for five minutes, and then we would sit down. <laughs> and uh, – but that's th- those are the old days, you know. That's that's back when, uh, and I know Adam talks about it a lot too. When shit, you know, things just happened that were normal and fun, and it was okay, you mm-hmm. know. And if somebody stuttered or had a lisp, it was fucking awesome, you know. It wasn't like it was a problem. If somebody had asthma; they were a little bitch, you know. It wasn't. Oh, he's got asthma. It was just like, well, he's a little bitch, man. That's not even a real disease, you know. <laughs> maybe if he can't breathe, maybe God don't want him, you know. <laughs> so I don't know. Now I'm getting all fired up. <clears throat> that's okay well so all of this sounds like a good tv show or a good book or a good something yeah we just sold a uh a sick uh cartoon to comedy central but then they just bailed out of it oh congratulations almost i know thanks well they paid to get they paid us to write the script so that was good they bought the, like the, the pilot idea but then they just didn't uh i don't know they they i guess they just like not that you know <laughs> so who's but, the you said we who's the we Oh, I mean, a guy named Chip Hall. He's a, he wrote on King of the Hill for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's a redneck. He's from Georgia. He's kind of a redneck anyway. He's cool. He hangs with a lot of black dudes, so I guess he's more of like a urban redneck kind of. I mean, but uh, he's awesome, though. He's a, he's a good guy. He did a little more redneck, and I grew up in more like a white trash area, and he grew up in more like a redneck area. Um, 
But he used to have a uh, – one of his funniest stories is he had a cousin who had some kind of – like his body ran uh, – his body ran cold. Like his, just his blood ran cold. So in the afternoon, he would go lay on the hot pavement out by the street because like, you know, snakes do. Snakes mm-hmm. will go out to the pavement to lay because that pavement holds the heat. And he had a cousin like that that would just go lay on the hot pavement without his shirt on just to get some of the warmth. <laughs> That's just a weirdest story to me because only a snake would do that. And then a man does it. That's right. pretty wild. That is crazy. So. Um, OK, let's do Just Me or Everyone. OK, great. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? But first, let's talk about the fact that going to Costco or Sam's Club can be a frustrating experience. Long lines, giant carts banging into you. The carts are giant. Trying to find a parking spot. Uh, It's just a big time waster, especially if you do what I do, which is go on days where you're like, oh, today would be a good day to go. And then you get there and you realize, no, today's the worst day to go because everyone else is here. But fortunately, Boxed.com, that's B-O-X-E-D.com, helps alleviate those issues because you can do all your wholesale shopping from your mobile device. And there's no membership fees. And the shipping is free for orders above $60. Boxed.com has hundreds of products similar to Costco or Sam's Club. Save yourself the embarrassment of buying large quantities of toilet paper in public and then having to haul that home. Have it sent right to you. Boxed.com is here to help. They'll deliver hundreds of bulk-sized products right to your door. Enter the promo code ADAM, yes, ADAM, on the checkout screen, and you'll receive 50% discount on your first order. Stop paying retail and save yourself the headache and the backache with Box.com. We bring you the big box club experience to you. And I'm part of that, too. I'm part of bringing it to you. Save time, gas, and membership fees with Boxed Wholesale, a big box club in your pocket. So get on your mobile device, visit Boxed.com, B-O-X-E-D.com, and enter the promo code ADAM on the checkout screen for your 15% discount. Okay. Just Mirror Everyone. Amy Prasinski says, Just Mirror Everyone. On days that I work out really hard, I am hungry for the rest of the day, no matter how much I eat. Um, I don't think I have that, but I could see where someone would. I think that you need to just not eat as much, probably. And then not work out or work out? No, work out. But that's, I mean, you're working out to try and take better care of yourself. You know, finish it out. Finish strong every day and... Don't eat as much, dude. Chill out. Looks like you have a kid from your profile pic. Feed the kid. That might be a dude. <laughs> a this little is not, dude? It's just a short... It's Amy? A, no, I mean, there's like someone else. Unless it's just a head she carries above there's like her a, tit. There's someone... Might be sitting down. Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, if that is a... Or her husband, whoever I think it's it probably her husband. Well, obviously, you still have a growing husband, so he <laughs> needs food. All right. Okay. Am I being too mean? It's not, well, I, I mean, generally in this segment, we we don't make fun of them okay. unless <laughs> unless they're they're begging for it. But you know, I think that those are hunger pains, and I think that you you know, uh, I would, she, she might I, she might she might not be like eating a shit ton after. I think mean, she's just saying when she works out hard, she just feels hungry. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty normal. Okay. All right. Jackie says, when I pull the chain on a ceiling fan, I'm always afraid the whole thing will come crashing down on me. I don't have that. I don't have that. I don't have the fear of a ceiling fan falling on me while I sleep. Maybe I should because these are things that have come up, but I just I just I don't. You don't have it. I'm cool with ceiling fans. Yeah. And now I feel like now I'm going to worry about this. 
Yeah, good. We've done our work. <laughs> Jason Dick says, if I type a website URL into the address bar and the caps lock is on, I will erase it and type it again in lowercase. I do that too, even though there's no need to. But sometimes you feel like God is watching and you want to make sure you get everything right. I guess that is what that is. I mean, or something like that. You want to feel like the, you know, like the universe is, uh, you know, like there's a stenographer on the side of your life <laughs> and they're, you know, notating everything you've done and you want to make sure you're professional. I have a just mirror everyone that's kind of related to that. Okay. I, do we still need the caps locks button? Like, I don't find myself using it really ever. You know, when I use it, when I'm responding to something and I want it to jump, like, like I'm responding to question by question in an email and trying to say something. Only when I'm typing a whole word in caps lock hmm. what, do I need it. It does get a big button I mean, on the even, pad. But even in the instances where something like that comes up, I feel like they're usually short enough sentences that I can just use shift. I Yes. It's actually not on my computer that I like it. It's on the iPhone when you do that double tap thing. Well, that I'm That's, fine with. Yeah. But I feel like we're – Taking up valuable keyboard space with the caps lock key on a computer. You're it's like right. the appendix. It's like our appendix. Yeah. It's like vestigial. Yeah. All right. Wow. You win. Thank you. James Pusateri. Yes, thank you. James Pusateri says, I instinctively want to help. Okay. I instinctively want to help a dumb woman, but to say fuck off to dumb men. Yeah. I, uh, and then hashtag softcore sexism. I mean, I don't have that, but I could see where there's an argument that could be made that women can get away with being dumb more than guys. Yeah. Although, in a way, because here's something interesting. I feel like, in general, I try to communicate and telegraph that I'm competent. But I feel like there's a lot of people that act dumb kind of all the time, and everyone finds that charming. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that's a little bit unfair about being a woman is you can play both cards. You know, but I feel like there are guys who can. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I guess there's just the dumb dude, and he always wins everything. Right. Yeah. Christina says, "When, as a kid, you would talk into a fan and sound like a robot, just me or everyone?" Yes. Everyone. That's so that's much fun. Pretty fun. Yeah. I haven't done it in a long time. I mean, I, I'm smiling around thinking about it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. You know what else is something I never ever do anymore? Wax paper on a comb. What could you what do with is. that? Do you remember? You huh? could like. If you take like fold wax paper over a comb, do you know? Have you done? This is real old fashioned fun. <laughs> um, I think you can like make sounds with it. There was some kind of wax paper comb. It's like cool. a homemade kazoo or something. Hmm. Gary will find out. It's it's almost as fun as blowing into a raisin box. Oh, it's it looks like you make kind of a harmonica out of it. Yeah, hmm. exactly. Huh. I mean, this is going back to like preschool or something. It's not that fun. Jamie Alberton says, I will stare at a menu at a restaurant for a full five minutes before realizing I haven't read a word on it. I do that too. I don't know why. Really? Yeah. It's just like – just a sort of – Like a procedural thing? No. It's sort of like – this is revealing too much. Sometimes I'll like snap too in the bathroom and I'll realize I've just been like letting my mind wander. Yeah. Like not – doing anything right just yeah. kind of just taking a load off <laughs> yeah maybe it's your mind is kind of being like time out yeah bro. I taking gotta a chill. little time out and maybe a menu because you like gives you a chance to hide for a second yeah exactly because it's like the pressure no one's waiting for me to say anything because they they think that i'm reading this and then all of a sudden i'll like realize oh i haven't really looked at it that's true actually yeah it's like I, that, that i think that's exactly probably what, what it is now are you the kind of person who looks at a menu finds what you want and then you're done or do you read everything first 
No, I mean I go into a restaurant. There's only two things I want in each type of restaurant usually anyway. So, you know, I, I don't really need to mess around much. I mean, if I go like into an Italian restaurant, I'm either going to get chicken parmesan or um, the chicken with the white sauce and the little lemon capers on it. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. So those are the only. I mean, I should probably try other things, but I'm not gonna. All right. What if you're not in an Italian restaurant? Then they probably have like two things at each type of restaurant. So are you picky? No, I'm not. I think I'm just pretty run of the Set in your ways. Pretty set in my ways, yeah. I'm pretty traditional, I think. All right. Jay Devil says, just me or everyone, as a kid, when I heard the phrase forefathers of this country, I thought people literally meant forefathers. <laughs> I blame Mount Rushmore. I never did that, but I think that's cute. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool, man. I never did it. That's cool. Tony DeCoste says, when I lay in bed, if I think about something embarrassing I did recently, my brain reminds me of three or four other awkward moments. Yes. Yeah. It's like your brain is an embarrassment Pandora. Yes. Yeah, your brain is like the shitty Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Wow, that's so true, dude. Sometimes I wish we could ride other people's brains, don't you wish? Interesting. I'm trying to think of everything. I mean, I've had curiosity about that. Like, what would the world be like if we put our, each other's brains in our heads? You know, like if I could ride your brain for a minute, you could ride right. my brain. That's, this is very, like, early 90s thoughts about what the future will be like. Yeah. Do you feel like we could end up there one day where it's not – we're not – Where you could just sort of log, like, log, log on in? to someone's brain? Um, I mean – okay. Go deep for a second. In a way, in a very roundabout way, isn't that sort of what Pinterest and Facebook and all these things are? It's like I'm going to give you an image-based or even word-based – idea of what's going on in my head now granted that's not the same as actually organically seeing what's you know being in there and having the sort of unfiltered stuff but i don't i don't know i'd like to think so but it seems like a a stretch to get that far i think i think i don't know how close they are to bridging the gap between like electric and physical you know where like you know we're like you know what i'm saying we're like our cells in our body can be like Inversed with cells right. in a, some type of a mechanical or electronic thing. But I mean, I think that there are prosthetic limbs. I think that they can do some. Like if if you lose a limb, they can attach one, and then you can control it with your mind. Right. I don't know how. Oh uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of being amazing. A wizard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Lazarus Long says, and this is the last one. Just mirror everyone. It's a shock when you realize you're ten years older than someone you thought was old when you saw them in a movie when you were young. Yeah, everything is shocking regarding age. Here's what's shocking, too. When you go back, and there's only a a window where this happens. You go back and you look at a yearbook for a class that was older than you. Like, let's say the people who were seniors or the eighth graders or whatever from classes that were older than you. And you're now older than them, but they still look old. Huh. That only lasts for a little while because now if I were to go back and look at any yearbook, everyone would look young. Yeah, like any yearbook from the last 20 years, everybody in it would look young. Yes, but I do remember at a certain point thinking, how weird. I'm the same age as these people, but they still look older than I am. I think just hmm. because I had been looking at those yearbooks. I was always someone who liked to look at the yearbooks of the older kids. So. Yeah. I don't know. Well, yearbooks were fun, man. Yearbook day was cool, you know, and you like – you know, you try to get, like, you know, your friends to sign it and, like, you know, maybe try to get that one girl you kind of like to write something in it, you know, or it was like a fun, like, last couple hours of that day when that yearbook would come. Yeah. One of the most crushing things I ever witnessed in high school, um, this girl came up to this guy 
Yeah, uh, I was. It was an art class, so I was a freshman, but they were seniors because you know all, all different grades could be in this art class, and it was like yearbook day. And she came up and she was like, "Oh, Sean, will you sign my yearbook?" And he goes, "Well, but I mean, I don't really even know you." Dang. At I still fucking, feel bad for her. At least write that in there, Sean. And I mean, he was cool, and she was a, was a nerd. Oh, what an asshole! Yeah. And that shows you that some people. But he didn't even mean it to be mean. It was just kind of, I mean, right. It didn't. It didn't seem like he was trying to be a dick, though. It just seemed like he was sort of like. Well, I mean, I could, but what am I going to say? I don't know. Eh. Right. Huh. Yeah, then that's a tough call then. You know, it's a tough call to think if he, yeah, if he wasn't being an ass, he was just being really earnest. That's almost worse. Well, is that worse? I don't know. It's worse. It's if she, depends on it's how she damning. heard it. Yeah. I don't know how she heard it. I just saw how I heard it and I didn't hear it well. Well, Sean. What do you have to say for yourself? Yeah. What do you have to not say for yourself? I, uh, they had this black kid in our class named Mr. Larry. He was like 19 years old in our middle school. And he uh, could he would do this thing where he would pee over your shoulder while you were peeing into the urinal. So like he would come and like like it's impressive. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then they had this thing where everybody was peeing on the heaters in the bathroom, like they had this furnace heaters, you know. And um, they had to have a huge meeting in the gym where like the principal had to make an announcement everybody not to pee on the furnaces because it was steam. Like people would pee on until it would steam out the bathroom. You couldn't see anywhere and people were just like <laughs> lost in all this smoke and like right, screaming. Right, urine like, vapor. Yeah, kids with asthma were fucking dying, you know. <laughs> and it was, and uh, But she tried to have this, this assembly and – <laughs> the laughter was so insane, she couldn't even have it. Like, it was it was one of the funny. I'd never seen that many people laughing for that long all together <laughs> in one spot. It was like 150 kids dying laughing. <laughs> so, wait, how did you feel about Mr. Larry? He was cool, man. I don't think he ever gra- – I don't think he ever – I think he guessed he graduated eighth grade because you had to finish eighth grade. That was like the mm-hmm. big thing or something. But this was only in sixth grade. I don't know. He was like 19 years but old. But, like, when he arced his urine over your urine, was oh, it at first a it was, treat or – No, it was just kind of like a bit – I mean – or were you like, God damn it? It was a bitch move, I thought, because yeah. you then you felt kind of like pinned down. First of all, not only <laughs> you feel nervous about you peeing in the bathroom right. when you're young anyway, right? It's anxiety and you're holding your penis out in front of other people for the first time and there's somebody near you. And sometimes there's that fucking weirdo that would stand with his arm next to your arm, like just completely locking off your ability to pee because you're touching arms, mm. right? Way weird. Right. And then Mr. Larry would come and just pee – so it was just like – it was kind of a bitch move. It, yeah. At a certain point, it was just for intimidation really I think or just to sh- you know, show that he was kind of like the leader of the, tri- uh, of the tribe. Right. Well, he sounds like a dick. Yeah, man. I'll tell you this. He had quite a piece on him too, man. He to did? Be honest. Oh, Jesus Christ, he did. From what I – I mean, I, don't, I mean the fact that I remember it at all I think says – speaks volumes. Right. It, so. it left an impression. Yeah. Well, Theo Vaughn. Thank you so much for being on my show. Yeah, I was really had a really nice time. You're delightful. such a you're such a charming person and a, and a great interviewer. And uh, it's great to see Gary again. You guys have such a, a great staff here. And uh, just being Adams, the house that Adam Carolla built, I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Uh, so, throw out all your things that you want to plug. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter uh, at t h e o v o n. Um, you can check me out. I'll be coming to a bunch of different cities uh, this fall and summer. I'll be in Vegas at the end of the month. Um, and uh, you can check out my website, cranktext.com, where I just text random phone numbers and get into conversations. I will. I would like to 
certify that that's one of my favorite websites in the world. Thank you. I've been checking that since long before I knew Theo. It is fucking hilarious, some of the shit that he gets into. It gets a little wild out there. How often do you do this? Um, I don't do it as much as I used to, but uh, I mean, I still, I mean, I probably have two conversations going right now. It's just strangers, you know. It's, it's pretty awesome because at a certain point he'll start pulling Google images and sending them to people. It's, I would certainly advise our audience to check it out. Cool. Yeah, it's fun. All right. Speaking of things to check out, tomorrow starts today when 2014 started. I'm sure all of you made promises to yourself. You wanted to fall in love, maybe meet the right guy or gal. However, with each day that passed, you told yourself, I'll do it tomorrow. Well, tomorrow starts today. Call 1-800-PREDICT or go to CaliforniaPsychics.com to talk to your personal advisor. We're all curious about finding our soulmate, Mr. Wright, and clearing out any doubts about that big decision. California Psychics will provide you the direction to give you that needed confidence. New customers can try it for only a dollar a minute. Why wait for tomorrow? When tomorrow starts today, call 1-800-PREDICT for your personal advisor or visit CaliforniaPsychics.com. Okay. And again, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I know the psychics are controversial. Uh, if you're not into it, you're not into it. No no big whoop. I'm not saying you have to check it out if that's not your thing. However, I uh, have found that more people than you think are into it. Um, and if you are, check out these guys. Okay. Yeah, I love a psychic, man. Have you had readings done? I mean, yeah, I've had readings done, dude. But here's the—I th- mean, look—it's somebody with a pretty ballsy idea. Go listen to it. Yeah, it's it's someone who is usually an empath who can hear things that you're saying, or well, it depends on how cynical or skeptical you are. Right. My feeling is it's someone who can often hear things that you're saying. It's like like yeah, someone. It's someone who can hear things that you're saying that you're not aware you're saying usually. Right. And it, it could just give you a, whatever, way to look at things differently. Yeah, look, I mean, everybody's got a, everybody's got a special gift, you know? Just because you don't have it doesn't mean somebody else doesn't. That's for sure, you know? All right. And if you're going to buy something on Amazon, click through the banner on my website, allisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It helps out the show. And you can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at ARIYMBF. We have a ringtone available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. <laughs> pretty clear why everyone needs this we have two special bonus episodes available recorded live at the la podcast festival with doug benson greg proops musician matt costa much of the thursday show uh you can get those are dollar 99 in the comedy album section of the itunes store and you can follow gary at g patrick smith and uh on twitter i think that's everything did i leave anything out i don't think i did okay thank you guys so much for listening i love you goodbye hey do you know and Rose and Show. We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Thank you for choosing the Allison Rose and Show.
Thanks for listening to the show, everyone. Just as a reminder, this episode is brought to you by NoNo. To get your NoNo and take advantage of the exclusive offer for my listeners, go to nonobestfriend.com or call 800-508-4815. That's nonobestfriend.com or call 800-508-4815. Now that the show's over, remember to go to naturebox.com and order great-tasting healthy snacks at 50% off. Forget the vending machine and get in shape for summer with healthy, delicious treats like barbecue kettle kernels. Support this podcast and get 50% off your first order. Go to naturebox.com slash Allison. That's naturebox.com slash Allison.